Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. I should have stayed home and played with myself. What do you like to do? Oh, I don't know. Play chess? Screw? Well, let's play chess. The Indianapolis Colts select Anthony Richardson, quarterback, Florida. Richardson going to take off and run. He's in there. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. The first career touchdown. Here's Halliburton into the front court. Mishandled it, but gets a shot. Hits it. Hits it. John, I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. C.J. Stroud, the rookie quarterback out of Ohio State, play action. He's going to drop the throw on first down, steps up in the pocket, taking a shot downfield for Nico Collins. He's got it, and he's going to score a touchdown. That's a 75-yard bomb. Stroud screens it left side. That's a catch. First down and more. Down the far side, then they go. 20, 15, bulldozing their way inside the 10-yard line. Nico Collins with yards after the catch on the far half. Stroud, shotgun snap. He's going to pass. Throws upfield wide open in the middle of the formation is Andrew Beck and not a Colts player within about 10 yards of any direction of him. Easy passing touchdown for C.J. Stroud who has two of them. Minshew to Taylor. Jump cuts his way. Big run. Angling left. 40. He's at the 30. Down the near sideline. 20. 15. 10. 5. Touchdown! Touchdown! I-N-D-Y! Minshew out of the gun. Taylor's is back to the right side. And here's an RPO. They floated upfield to Big Mo Ali Cox. The two-point conversion is good. Six and a half minutes to go in the game. The game is tied at 17. The Colts need a takeaway here on defense in the worst possible way. Stroud under center. Unbalanced line to the left side. Straight give to Singletary. Breaks it out right, and he dances away into the end zone for a touchdown. And the Texans have just retaken the lead again. Texans 23, Colts 17, fourth down and one. Goods in the back left. Minshew out of the gun. Colts down by six. Minshew's going to throw. Caught. No, it's dropped. Dropped the ball. In the far left he dropped the ball. The final score today on the Ruoff Mortgage scoreboard. It's the Houston Texans 23 and the Indianapolis Colts 19. Well, there it is. It is Rick and Matt right there. The Colts Radio Network. And my friends, that was absolutely brutal. Brutal on Saturday night, and then you had a lot of time to soak that up, and you saw a continuation of the brutality on Sunday because Jacksonville went into Nashville and lost, and there you have it. The Houston Texans are your AFC South champions, and they will host a home playoff game on Saturday afternoon against a very beatable Cleveland Browns team 
There you go. Yeah, a variety of things we can talk about, too. Even going back to the start of the game. By the way, welcome in here, too. We're off 30 minutes early today because of Colts Roundtable and then the Pacer pregame. So reminded of that, I want to make sure I get in all of your thoughts or as many of your thoughts as possible. I know Stephen Holder of ESPN is going to jump in here, too. Uh, my my Twitter account or X account, if you want to call it that, and I guess you should. That's the uh, title of the company, right? It has been very active. I think it, it's weird. It's like a mixture of of my opinion. And we've known each other long enough, I think, to understand that I have long since left behind being entertaining lost guy. I mean, long since left it behind. So in the moment or moments, plural, over the weekend when this team bowed out at home in the fashion in which it did... Those have not been good moments for me because I'm ready. I was ready to see them get back in. And I know that this is not a Super Bowl team. People are saying you make this out to be some deep into the postseason Super Bowl team, and it's not. Well, how did you pick them at the beginning of the year? Didn't you have them winning like six games? I did. But you know what? Oddly, if you followed the NFL, well, for all of your life, you will understand that oftentimes your predictions because of the flow of the season either get better, surprisingly better as we saw, or get surprisingly worse as we've been a part of before. And all I've been about is, and and this is something you also know with me, it is okay to grow through losing. Sometimes that's just the way that it is. I, however, don't mind if you can also grow through success, grow through winning. I think the biggest part of that growth, honestly, is growing through accomplishment. I'm not suggesting that the past season goes down with zero accomplishments, but you solidify it if you go to the postseason. And especially doing something that this team hasn't done. This organization hasn't done in nine years. And that is win an AFC South title. It has been that long. There's a laundry list of teams that have all won division titles since that point in time. And the Colts have not. So your expectations from the beginning of the year, you combine the team's play, factor in the team's schedule, who you're playing, do they have a guy out, how your backup quarterback is playing. All that stuff didn't matter to me on Saturday. All that mattered was you had two teams that were going to collide and the Colts were in the absolute best position they could possibly have put themselves in. Now, granted, had they won in Atlanta, they'd be in the postseason. You look back at that Cleveland game, postseason. They could have done things in terms of winning differently, and they're in the postseason. But I was just talking about going into this weekend and not being a reflection of the way that it was the year before last when they had two opportunities, one at home and one on the road, to solidify themselves in the postseason, and they failed. This was that opportunity. And again, I don't come away with any entertaining losses out of it. That doesn't mean the future 
is not going to be bright for you. If the future is bright to you, that's great. I can honestly sit here and tell you I don't really have a great idea about how the future is going to be sitting here right now. I have hope. I hope that it's different. I hope that things get on the the uptick and the quarterback is able to sustain health. And as good as a lot of people want him to be, combine that with a head coach. It didn't mean that they lost on Saturday that Shane Steichen had a bad season. I think he could have handled that final play better. Or the play in question, the fourth down call. There's no way in the world, even if he was not going to be directly involved in the play, that I would have 28 on the sideline. No way. There's way too much that goes into that. I'll get into that in a second as to why that was important. But that doesn't mean I'm without understanding of the play that was called was going to work if the quarterback could come anywhere near throwing the football or maybe even better said, if Tyler Goodson could have caught whatever was kind of close to him, thrown in the general vicinity of him, then that would have worked. The problem that you have there is you put a lot of faith, even if you do go over and over and practice with this play and with these guys, a lot of faith in that moment of which you have not seen a great deal of, if any at all. You saw like those two getting to, or trying to get together one time earlier and it didn't work out. I think that's just a lot to ask at that moment. Now, granted, I'm okay. The play was going to work. Like I, the things that I look at more than that final play, the things I look at was third down conversions, first half. The first half, there was zero urgency to do really anything whatsoever. They did go down the field, got a field goal in that first possession. But after that, there was complete ownership by the Texans D for whatever reason, really both sides of the football by the Texans. So that was disappointing. I'm going to get into the the fourth down call in a minute and why it's okay to look at it two different ways. It's okay to look at it and say, hey, it's going to work. But at the same time thinking, all right, you got your best player on your sideline standing on your sideline offensively. That's not where you want him, even if he was not going to be directly involved in the play. You want his presence out there if for nothing else – That is somebody that defenses always account for. What does Rick Venturi tell you all the time, ambient players? Uh, You saw by his performance, and you have seen in the past, especially against Houston, that's what Jonathan Taylor is, gimpy or not. He went into the locker room, injured, came back out, and to me on that final play, even if it's decoy status, you got to be out there in some capacity. You have to give the defense a thought that he is going to be given that football in some form or fashion. You have plenty of time to get to that coming up in a minute. So I don't want to say getting into it. So back and forth in social media over the weekend, I have gone with folks. And if you remember, I said this prior to the start of the weekend. If they did not win this, I was going to be incredibly disappointed. I was going to be disappointed to a point to where 
in the moment, it was going to be tough for me to see a great deal of redeeming quality that has taken place throughout. I'm not dismissing it. I'm just telling you how I feel. And I had mentioned that these players are going to feel the same way. These careers are way too short. To two out of the last three seasons, gag one up. Those opportunities up at home like that. And not just running backs we're talking about here. I'm talking about everybody. These careers are way too short. You have to take advantage of that. I thought Zaire Franklin had a quote. I don't have it directly in front of me, but I think I can come close enough in paraphrasing. When asked by Mike Chappell, if you look at the season and that's a feel good compared to that loss on Saturday, he said the season felt like trying to put a Band-Aid on a bullet wound in terms of making you feel better because you left that hanging there at home on Saturday night. That's how I told you that they were going to feel. That's exactly how they feel. So my similar feeling is not out of line. A lot of things going back to that game that may not have a lot to do as to whether or not this team is going to be good in the future. But to me, it doesn't matter what I called at the beginning of the season. It doesn't matter what you expected at the beginning of the season. What matters is the situation that you're in in that moment. Bill Brooks told me a couple of weeks ago in the Colts pregame huddle, you have to take advantage of these situations because you are not promised anything in the NFL. And he's absolutely right. It even goes further than the fact that you could have won the division for the first time in nine seasons. It's just taking advantage of it. And now, even if you don't want to make a comparison to the year before last, to this group, because you have new leadership, you have new guidance all the way around, it is still a massive disappointment, just as disappointing as it was then. And even more so because you know how it worked out now. You know that Houston, with that win, is the AFC South champions. And that one, for me, is tough to get over. We'll have plenty of time this offseason to talk about what you think about Shane Steichen, what you think about Anthony Richardson, and where this team is going to go. But right now, I'm living in the moment. Right now, I'm living in the present. And the present still stings immensely. And not just talking about some guy after 3 o'clock on the radio here locally. I am talking about these players. Zaire Franklin spoke to that earlier, and I told you that's exactly how they would feel. It was much less impactful to a lot of you. I think a lot of you feel offended as if I'm not trying to give credit where credit is due. I've given that credit. But what I maintain right now is I'm talking about what took place on Saturday, and it was awful. The quarterback play was awful. The offense, except for one guy in Jonathan Taylor, was awful. The defense was awful. They have two guys that can play. Seriously, they have two guys that can play. Now, the Colts have one guy, but the Texans have two guys that can play. And the fact that Nico Collins, I I hesitate to say aloud, because he just did whatever he wanted. 
Nico Collins dictated the terms to that Colts defense, anybody in that secondary. And and whether or not you want to maintain that, you know, Blackman being out was a huge factor in it, I'll listen to anything. I just go by what happened on Saturday, and Nico Collins dictated terms to everybody on that field defensively and everybody on the defensive sideline of the Colts. That's exactly what could not happen, and it did. You know, it's funny. You look at the first half. The first half was not a well-played half of football whatsoever, but you got this feeling, didn't you, in the third quarter? You got this feeling that this team was coming out and establishing itself in a fashion in which it did in the second half of the Steeler game. That's how it felt to me. A couple of different things happened. You got, I think, DeForest Buckner on a quarterback pressure and a sack. You know, all of a sudden, the pressure was there more. And then you got on offense, and you saw an offensive line that they were dictating their own terms in that third quarter. Jonathan Taylor was running wild. But it was, like, majorly fleeting, which is unfortunate because we we talked about things that needed to occur, needed to occur consistently, and that was what I just talked about, both on the offensive line and the defensive line and with Jonathan Taylor. The other thing was what? The other thing was Matt Gay. You got to get points when you can get him. That miss was massive. You're going to say, well, you put a lot on his shoulders going 50-plus all the time, but you knew with this group offensively, especially with Gardner Minshew, you knew that that was going to be the job, and you also knew you're the highest-paid place kicker in the NFL because those are the expected terms. You're going to get those opportunities from longer distances because your offense more than likely is going to bog down in that capacity. So the other thing that stands out beyond the fact that offense, defensive line in the third quarter stepped up, Jonathan Taylor did as well. Those are things that had to be more consistent. Unfortunately, the only thing that was most consistent in this case was Nico Collins and C.J. Stroud. And whether you want to blame that on Gus Bradley, whether they're going to be looking for a new defensive coordinator, I heard Shane Steichen earlier today, it didn't sound like a guy that was ready to move on from his defensive coordinator. It sounded like a guy that was going to stick with his defensive coordinator. I do get the arguments, though. It does not come without a debatable point or two. And one is... All right, so what is the dude supposed to do on the back end with what he has, talking about Gus Bradley? Others would maintain that you should be capable and able to take one guy away, which if they were trying to take him away, I'd hesitate to think exactly the type of numbers he would put up if they weren't trying to take him away. Because, again, he did whatever he wanted. Whatever spot in the field – Yards after the catch, explosive plays. And if you remember, that's what we talked about that could not happen. And then going into that game, we were talking about Robert Woods, talking about Robert Woods being a viable option wide receiver as well. And then Joe Wrights brought it up that on our Colts pregame huddle that he was on the inactive list, and that was a huge key. And unfortunately, that was a key that the Colts could not take advantage of. I know a lot of you are angry with me thinking that I have blown up the entire season. 
What I was upset about was the level of consistent play that she got when it really counted again. And I'm going to sit here and tell you, especially in those circumstances, and by the way, the crowd was incredible. Jake and I were remarking the press box was shaking. Crowd was shaking the press box. So I know that there are a large portion of you guys out there that want to see what I want to see. You want to see them get back to the postseason. You want to see them win a division title. I'm not suggesting that they're never going to do it, but I will tell you that that was a massively disappointing missed opportunity. That was put on a platter for you. Just like two years ago. On a platter. And you could not take advantage of it. And that's what I look at. And you guys can still go with the entertaining losses being great. That's not me. And it's not going to be me. You know, I'm not mad at your point. I wouldn't expect you to be mad at mine. Some of you are. But that's what I gather from Saturday. And when I mentioned this whole thing sucks, it is the whole thing, the whole weekend. The Saturday night loss, the Jaguars losing in Nashville on Sunday. It is all a part of what has been a wicked cycle of mostly bad news for 10-plus years around here. That's what you got to get out of. And to me, that's that could have been a breakthrough, just like it could have been a breakthrough the year before last. You were looking for that, and it was right there, and you couldn't take advantage of it. So for those of you that have full belief in the future, the long-term future That's okay. That's okay. I understand. But I can also tell you that a lot of the way that they played on Saturday and the issues they had on Saturday and the result that took place on Saturday, that's more reminiscent of the past. And that's what you have to shake. And that's what I look forward to one of these days this team being able to do. I hope you guys are right. And when I was talking to Bill Brooks a couple of weeks ago, and he said that, that just sticks with you. Again, these NFL careers are incredibly short. You just cannot cannot afford to not take advantage of what the Colts didn't take advantage of. Oh, well, you know, all you are, you just, over the years, you got so used to all this winning. And I've always said this, too. It's a combination of two things. I did get used to a lot of winning. But I also sat through a lot of losing prior to that. But I will tell you over and over that what was explained to us is that's supposed to be the expectation. This is not supposed to be the expectation, and this has been. This has been for the better part of the last nine years. Well, Saturday night was a good chance with a makeshift group that may not be especially under center, your long-term future. But, man, you got to take advantage of stuff when it's presented. And the Colts absolutely didn't, which to me made it pretty awful. All right, that fourth down call, ah, we've been over and over that again. To me, and this is, again, something when I talk to Rick Venturi, who's you know been in the NFL for so many years and, you know, been defensively putting things together. 
when he talks about the Ambien players. We're going to have him on on Thursday. He talks about the Ambien players, those that make a difference. It's not always with the football. It's their mere presence on the field that makes a difference. And while the play worked out and the execution should have been there, you roll the dice with the two trying to execute that play, right? There's a lot that can go haywire, especially with a bad Gardner Minshew. And then a guy that has been most noted on the practice squad. There's a lot that can go wrong with that. And while maybe you don't give it to Jonathan Taylor, maybe he's not even directly involved in it, to me, somehow, some way, he got to be out there because he has to be somebody that they need to account for, and he wasn't. You don't have to do that when he's on the sideline. Here's the other thing. I'm not here to celebrate plays that failed. I know shoulda, coulda, woulda. But I'm not here to celebrate plays that failed or games that failed. We should all, I think, be past that by now. And I'm not going to get up here on the soapbox and preach to you about, you know, how you should. You're going to have to be whatever you want to be. I can just tell you how I want to be. And I will, regardless of the personnel we were talking about, we had seen enough out of that personnel to expect them to be able to win and not put themselves in position to lose. And that's what they did. I know over and over again regarding the fourth down call, again, if case you missed it, I, I didn't mind the call because it was going to work, but it didn't. I certainly would have had the best player on your sideline out there. At the very least, you got to account for the guy. There are high odds, even if you go over this in practice time again and again. And and Tyler Goodson was great after the game. I felt bad for him. That sucks. That really does suck. Knows that everybody's going to be ripping. Everybody's going to be talking about that moment. Everybody's going to be saying, like we've been talking about, that you don't want to put somebody in the situation over their head. That does stink. It's tough to celebrate that one. But that's certainly how I viewed it. All right, we got a lot to talk about. I don't want to get directly into what is going to be the offseason, the expectation. But we will talk about the defense and the letdowns on the defensive side of the football, which were prevalent offensively as well. He didn't get a good game out of Gardner Minshew. Michael Pittman Jr. didn't do the damage. Alec Pierce was not existent. Tight end position remains to be a problem. I thought that you needed and deserved more consistency out of the offensive line. Third quarter is what I thought you were going to get. And fortunately, for the most part, you got that for a large portion of the third quarter, and that was it. All right, 239-1070 is the number. The email address is jamvia1075thefan.com. We're inside the AAA membership lounge via YouTube Live right now, too. Evidently, we have incoming weather at some point, too. we got to remind you with our friends at AAA regarding the incoming weather, too. But yeah, go ahead and get involved inside that lounge via YouTube Live. You can comment if you want. I'll read some of those. You can have a back and forth with me, with one another, to listen and watch the show. And I do look pretty good right now. Make no mistake about that. 
incredibly bummed should be the tone today, and it will. All right, 239-1070. The stream, the app, it's HD Radio, and your calls, reactions, and more on the other side. By the way, I do know this. I know Pacers-Boston round two later on tonight. No Jason Tatum. I know IU-Purdue went at home over the weekend. I know Indiana State on the road 4-0 in the Mo Valley. They won yesterday. Butler losing on Friday night. As I mentioned, Boilermakers winning at home on Friday night, IU on Saturday night. I know all of that, but I'm sure that the focus is going to be on the Colts and on Saturday. And that incredible missed opportunity that they had. You're feeling after three on a Monday. Again, at 239-1070. Back after this. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. And the beat goes on, yeah. And the beat goes on. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. You know, when it doesn't work, you're always going to think about it. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah, have I stopped thinking about that play? No, I haven't. Um, It was a huge play in the game. Um, Got the look we wanted, and it didn't work out. And uh, that's that's football sometimes. And uh, it is frustrating. It's disappointing. But again, uh, faith and trust in anyone we put on that field to go make a play. So Shane Stacken earlier today. Was that earlier today or after the game? Okay, earlier today. I know that it was uh, cleaning out locker day. I know that they met with the media over there. We get a lot to hash out in the offseason, but I do want to make sure we take plenty of time to talk about Saturday. And uh, what did that swing and miss do for you? And how quickly are you moving on from it? Seems like a lot of you are moving on. Here's my thought. I had somebody say, well, yeah, JMV just stirring it up for numbers. Let me tell you this. We get no greater numbers around here than if the teams play well. So let me remind you, I don't have you know, anything other than Indiana State and the Reds and Eastern Green. It's not like I rah-rah and cheer, cheerlead for anything, but I can tell you, If I had a choice, I would rather the teams around here be good all the time because that is what is better for us. Not Philadelphia or New York or Boston to where everybody continuously listens to the host crapping on everything. Now, those numbers don't play around here. Here's something that's magnified. Think about me for a moment. It's just me. You get three hours of KB and Andy. You get three hours of Jake and company. And then the seventh hour of me. And after six hours of a lot of critiquing and a lot of negativity, I'm assuming some of you want to bail. You know when you hang? You hang when it feels good to talk about your team. That's how it's always been around here. So really, I'm doing myself a disservice. What I should have done is what a lot of people want me to do is just come out of the gate at 3 o'clock and start cheerleading and tell you that everything is going to be great. You have nothing to fear. Everything is going to be fantastic. You know the reason why I don't? Because that's not the stinking real world in which we live. I have no idea how this is going to work out. You don't either. You hope 
That's why I was so hardcore on a clear missed opportunity of that magnitude. It just can't happen. I know that it did. You can't go back and do anything about it. But again, I start at 3 o'clock. I haven't had the opportunity to talk about it. So you want to know why I'm so deeply invested into it is because that helps everybody. So if anybody ever says that radio talk show host like my cloud ass does this only for the negativity for ratings, remind them around here that is incredibly inaccurate. You guys are the most deeply invested with your teams when they win. And as I mentioned, I do myself an incredible disservice about telling you the truth. Now, the thing with my truth is this. I don't have an agenda nor an axe to grind, and I'm not going to get personal. I'm not going to make fun. I'm not going to make jokes. I am going to tell you what I believe to have gone haywire, and that's going to be that. But I am going to tell you the truth. And as I mentioned, that is it to the detriment. I should every day come on here and tell you everything is great. I mean, like a handful of you say you're full of crap, but for the most part, that is what wins. That is what wins. If you look at most, for example, on social media, look for most of you know the retweets or the likes. It's about the positively, uh, positivity, I should say, of somebody's favorite team. But again, I come in in the afternoon and... For 19 years, I've told you the truth, and that's what I'm going to do. And the truth is, that was awful on Saturday night. And the way that it worked into Sunday and that that outcome, too, it made it even worse. So that's how I view it. Awful. I wish I had more to add, but that's what it was. And you know what? Even with that level of play, they still had the opportunity. You know, execute or not, fourth down call or not, Jonathan Taylor on the field or not. I would like to think that maybe you can handle that with your offensive line. That's the second highest paid in the NFL. But you felt good about that play with those two executing it with your best player on the bench. I, Yeah. If you're going to second-guess something, that's what you second-guess. Again, we'll talk to Rick Venturi about that coming up on Thursday. But I know this. I know that he would agree with me regarding Jonathan Taylor. But also, I talked to him earlier today. He liked that play call. You just want to make sure that they're thinking about everything and they're not thinking about 28 when 28's on the sideline. That regarding... That fourth down call. It's from James. I feel like the Colts were playing with house money. No one expected a winning season future, Brad, and any of the problem of it is, is that changed. All right. House money in a in an NFL window that is short for all these players, there's no season of playing with house money. There's you did or you didn't. And I'm not just speaking for me. You know, to make sure that that my opinion is solidified here, I am telling you what these players will tell you. The window is small. You have to take advantage of everything. There's no, it's like this. That's why 
to a man on that team, they were all thinking we were full of crap and we were suggesting they were going to win six games or less because they expected more. So you can't tell me that you're going to say, well, you know what, Zaire Franklin, you were playing with house money. Everything's okay. That's not how they feel of this. All right, 239-1070 is the number. Let's go Chris on line one over there. James, Chris, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hey, John. You can hear it in my voice. I heard you Friday. It came to that. Yeah, we've done this every chance we get. Yes. I, I'm, I, I haven't heard a lot about a couple things. Maybe I'm not on the right media sources. But okay. Let, let's, let's jump on Ballard just one more time. You and I have fun with this every time we talk. I mean, for the last eight years, first-round picks, just listen to this. Kelly, Hooker, Nelson, no first round, no first round. Pay, no first round. Richardson, where the where the hell is our picks? What if, what's come out? We got a Hall of Fame uh, guard, left guard. Okay, what is our owner saying as well? Uh, I haven't heard him say anything. Oh uh, yeah, he he hasn't said anything, and and Chris will say something. Um, I'm assuming either later on this week or next week. But I will tell you this, and and this is why last year I was vocal about if you're going to make a change, make a change, and which they did at head coach, obviously. Um, this year I'm not, and here's why: because it doesn't matter. Chris is going to have at least two more years to to do what Chris and Colts fans hope. And I, I, if you think about changes, I suggested late last night that Gus Bradley may be it, but I kind of maintain now that that's not even going to happen with what Shane Steichen said about him earlier today. So I think you're going to get, unless somebody bails, I know Ed Dodds is going to get a look with the Las Vegas Raiders. I saw that via Ian Rappaport a little bit earlier today. But as far as Chris is concerned, the reason why I'm off of that is because it's not going to matter and that will wear people out because he's not going anywhere for the foreseeable future oh my gosh uh, okay i promise you that chris he is going nowhere and i said two years it may be three but i'll give you at least two to get this thing in the eyes of the organization and the fans to get this thing right at least two nine nine wins was because the coach our head coach not because of anything else. I think it was nine wins, and I'm not going to take anything away from Shane Steichen and what wins, he did. But, but it, it was a, it was a product of the schedule. Let's just face it; it was a product that, that of the too, schedule. Obviously, yeah, so, yeah. absolutely. So, but all but, right. that's, well, but well, yeah, and Chris, thank you very much for the call. You call any time. I. That's why I suggest to you, and again, I'm glad Zaire Franklin said what he said earlier today. Now, in terms of looking back on this season and feeling good about it and having that override how you felt about that loss on Saturday, he responded with, that's like putting a Band-Aid on a bullet wound. That's how they feel. That's how I felt. Now, you can wait and feel better when you see the product next year and feel better. But that was a massive missed opportunity. And it's just not one of those things where you start the show in the first five minutes and then blow right past it to how you feel good about Anthony Richardson in years to come. And somebody had told me earlier, well, there's no way that you can compare this with 21. There's every way you can. There's no doubt that you can. 
It was another missed opportunity. We have seen more of this. This is more now what the Colts are than what you envision the Colts being down the road. That's what you got to shake. That also is what was missed out upon on Saturday night. Shaking that, which is tough. Ask a lot of these teams in the past that have been noted losers. Ask the Bengals. It took them the better part of two decades to get out of that. Once you get in there, you got to find your way out. It has been nine years, nine seasons, I should say, since the Colts have won the AFC South. I know, I know. I come from a different generation. I was a part of the really bad, and I was a part of the incredibly good, and now we've been a part of the very frustrating. But that's been my point all along, and Zaire Franklin backed that up a little bit earlier today with how he and his teammates feel on this Monday after their season is over. You just had a great opportunity with the schedule, which how it lined up, team coming in on a Saturday night, and then obviously Jacksonville's loss, all that lined up, and you didn't take advantage of it. You don't just gloss over that the next day. Quick break and we shall return. The uh, AAA Membership Lounge via YouTube Live. Again, inclement weather coming in. You can always count on my friends at AAA. I talk about the travel portion of it all the time, but always as far as uh, the weather coming in. Remember my friends at AAA. James over there. I'm John. More of your calls coming up on the other side. And again, inside that lounge via YouTube Live, 93.5-107.5-FAN. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. It takes him a second to get on the stool because he's under 5 feet tall. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Yeah, I mean, I worked with Gus for four years uh, at the Chargers, so I got, you know, background with Gus. And, uh, again, I believe in continuity, and uh, I got a ton of respect for Gus. It's uh, Shane Steichen earlier today. Steven San Antonio asked me this. Why is Gus Bradley still employed, John? If this regime, Ballard and Steichen, is all about accountability, Bradley should be gone. Have you heard anything regarding that? Well, what it sounded like from Shane Steichen is if you know, he likes the whole continuity of it, we know that Ballard does too. I know that Jim Mersey does. I thought after the game on Saturday, there is no way that he is back. No way. And then I reiterated that yesterday. But after hearing that from Steichen, maybe I'm wrong about it, but that gives you the feel that he is going to be back. And then I guess you view that more of the lack of players than you do the whole scheme. But letting Nico Collins do whatever he wanted to, I thought was absolutely ridiculous on Saturday. There are a lot of ridiculous things that happened. The quarterback play was ridiculous. But defensively, letting this guy just get off and do whatever this guy wanted to do was, I I thought it was a joke. But it doesn't sound like that he's going to go anywhere. Oh, yesterday, probably so, but now not so much. 239-1070 is the number. I got an hour's worth of you and me coming up here after four. I want to get Johnny in on line two before the break here at the top of the hour. Johnny, welcome to the show. Go ahead. 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, I was at the game, section one forty one, row three. Yes. And when Braden Smith, uh, the the right tackle, right, he got yes. hurt. It was his knee. Yes. When he came off the field, everybody was like saying, "Hey, they're sorry." You could tell he was not coming back in the game. Obviously, while I was sitting there watching him, it seems like I don't know if it was because of Jonathan Taylor being hurt or maybe one of our leaders in our offensive line that I didn't even know was actually a true leader. But I saw a change in the offensive line after I watched that. I, I With my own eyes, watched Braden Smith come off the field, everybody walk up to him. I'm talking about, like, practice team guys, everybody. And then, I, I to me, watching that game and all I paid attention to was the line, I don't know if it was because Taylor being hurt, like I said, or Braden Smith coming off the field for the rest of the game. You're saying a, a change, a change for the worse or a change for the better? Worse. Worse, yeah. worse, just. Oh, yeah, worse. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't doubt that. Well, I mean, Taylor went to the locker room, so he's injured, and that was playing a role too. So, yeah. It it, it was. Um, it kind of seems like they knew their seat. Uh, to me, I don't know, man. I, I could be. I've been wrong a lot more than I've been right in my life. But when I saw him get hurt, I promise you, I watched the line after that, and I think that was in the fourth quarter, right? If I believe came out. Yeah. Right, yeah, and he came in, and thank you for the call, too. I appreciate that, too, Johnny. He came back in, and we'll get back to that fourth down call. I'm not as deeply invested in it as others, and I just know this. There's no way in this world that I would be on the field doing a play of any kind in that situation without my best player available being out there. And I don't care if he wasn't a part of it. I don't care how much it worked. I don't care how much it was going to work, how much blame you put on the quarterback or Tyler Goodson for not catching it or the hot dog vendor for not giving the – whatever. I do not care. There is no way in the world that somewhere, some form or fashion, 28 is not out there to be recognized by that Texans defense. No way. You and me, Stephen Holder, after five, don't go anywhere. 93.5, The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. This is your brain on drugs. Any questions? 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Minshew to Taylor. Jump cuts his way. Big run. Angling left. 40. He's at the 30. Down the near sideline. 20. 15. 10. 5. Touchdown! Touchdown! I-N-D-Y! Jonathan Taylor. A 49-yard gallop to Paydirt. It's the Texans 14 and the Colts 12. Matt Taylor on the call on the Colts Radio Network. Colts lose. Been talking about that. 23-19 loss and all that went into it on Saturday night. Again, by the way, shout out to the crowd. The crowd was incredible. The crowd was, and why shouldn't you be? Because how many situations like this have you been in here recently? You just want to cash in in one, and that's why I've been so incredibly disappointed. At JMV1070 from Eric, if people are happy for this season, good for them. My household is sick of the, well, the future looks bright. Josh writes this. Do you think it's time to move on from Alec Pierce? They will not. It is not time. I can see him being more than what he is. No catches, by the way. Uh, They will not move on from Alec Pierce. They do need to add. Again, we find ourselves in that situation. Like I saw that story regarding Justin Jefferson, and I have no idea whether or not it's true. 
that he said, send me to San Francisco on the sideline or whatever. But I say, uh, send him to Indy. What the Colts need would be a disgruntled elite-level wide receiver that wants a new place, and you can sell him on this one because they still need that. You saw what Nico Collins was for the Texans on Saturday night? And I know Jonathan Taylor ran rough shot, and that was fantastic. But the Colts need themselves, and I like Michael Pittman Jr., but they need themselves one of those guys. It was almost like the Texans really didn't worry too much about anybody down the field. Was it not defensively on Saturday? Did you guys see that too? Of course you did. I saw it too. It's from Corey, JMV, I'm with you. I'm tired of entertaining losses. I just want them to win. I'm not getting any younger, and I'd like to see some of that success sooner rather than later. Is there any chance that Ballard takes any more heat than he normally does nine years and a losing record? Ballard took all the heat a year ago and then was re-upped. So, as I mentioned, he's going to get at least two more years to get this thing right. Then you may not like it. Maybe you do like it, but that is 100% the gospel right there. It's from Robbie. So I get the silver lining approach, but how many seasons in a row have we had to watch this particular scenario? Two out of the last three. Last year was a clown show. Close, but still so far away. And my friend Bobby Jefferson mentioned this, and this is not lost on me either. That there are a lot of younger generational fans that don't yet have much of an idea about what a a competitive, challenging for a title team looks like. I mean, to this point, and I thought he put this right, Ballard with the backup quarterback combined with the schedule, this was a competitive team this year. But it is far from, you know, what we would expect it to be still. And as I mentioned, that's why you got to take advantage of things you can take advantage of, like Saturday. Can't have those missed opportunities. Window very small in a playing career in the NFL. And this has been just an endless, disappointing treadmill that this team, this organization has been on for a number of years. Well, Saturday night would have been a good way and a surprising season to get off of it. And unfortunately, they fell down and remain on that bad boy. JMV Pierce is open and miss more often than any Colts receiver in history. Yeah, he's not going to go anywhere. There's no question about that. JMV Colts fans need to calm down. It could be a lot worse than they could be Falcons fans. Um I, the past nine years have been pretty stinking bad, Daniel, honestly. The past nine seasons, that's the last time they won an AFC South title. It's been pretty bad. Pretty darn bad. The last seven, but obviously the last nine, it's not been good. So I, I, I'm not going to feel sorry for anybody else's organization, anybody else's franchise. You got enough to feel sorry for right here. And again, as I mentioned last hour, players are going to side with me on that. They know how massive of a missed opportunity that was as well. 
Arthur Smith and Dennis Allen after that game with New Orleans and Atlanta was pretty funny yesterday. You know, Shannon Sharp, I think, is right about this. If Jame, I know everybody kind of laughed about what Jameis Winston did. Jameis Winston, that was the equivalent of Rudy. Remember, we got to call this play. Uh, we got to score a touchdown because if we don't score a touchdown and get off the field offensively. Remember, that was the line. And then Rudy can't play. <laughs> that, that's exactly what Jameis Winston did for the Saints yesterday. If we don't score a touchdown here, then Rudy can't play. But if you were a head coach and you had something called and Jameis Winston says that after the game, Shannon Sharp thinks that Winston should be cut. I mean, it's more than just, oh, well, this is just what this guy did. Rudy. We don't score this touchdown, then Rudy can't play. Yeah, Jamie, they could be like the Lions and wait 30 years. Yeah, I've been mean, a lot of promises made around here. The wait should be over. Should have been over on Saturday. I saw this from Stephen Holder, who joins us coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. The Colts announced a series of future contracts. Uh, among the transactions today, cornerback Tony Brown has been waived. Of course, he was one of the two suspended for conduct detrimental. The other, Isaiah McKenzie, the wide receiver. All right, 239-1070. I promise some calls. Derek on line three, hour two at 239-1070 is next. Welcome to the show, Derek. Hey, Evansville Central Bear class of 1984. So I'm a Southern Indiana guy. Shout out to Evansville Central. Was it? Was there a longtime uh, coach named? Was it Brent? Brent Chitty that was down there. I know it's it's not what the way that it sounded. Long, yeah, it's C H I T T Y, like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Not yep, what James just laughed about right there. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm also check your bucket list. Lifelong Hoosier. Uh, life, uh, Steeler fan first, uh, but Colts fan second. And, uh, I would also say that, uh, I'm a huge miles guy. So I think I check a lot of your, yes, we're on the same page with a lot of things right there. I think we need to hang out. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So here's the deal. I totally agree. Colts need to handle stuff in the division first and foremost, but probably I suspect that when the Colts dropped a huge one on the Steelers this year, They might have grabbed some terrible towels, and they might have suffered the jinx of the terrible towel because they had absolutely no business losing on Saturday. No, they did. Can you believe the the Steelers are – the Steelers stink. Here they are. I would would respectfully say that skill-wise players, they have better receivers. They just have had horrible issues with quarterbacking this year that make – that somewhat rival – what the Colts went through last year. Um, but that said, if the Colts had gone four and two in the division instead of three and three, they'd be in today. And that's happened too many times with this program. And I loved your comment about the fact that you started with the Colts when they were just horrible. Yes. Then they, we had the glory years. But the problem is, or I would just offer that one of the problems with our fan base is we settle. And you have not. You have been passionate about the fact that you are sick of the losing. I mean, and that's what it is. 
and they had a great opportunity. And think about the program in Detroit. Detroit has been awful, has never even been to a Super Bowl, and they now have a playoff team that is a legitimate contender to be excited about. And what have the Colts done? They've just yeah. been laboring in mediocrity for, for quite, a, quite a time. Uh, that mirrors a lot of the, pro, the um, things that you've talked about on well, the show. Well, Derek, you, you just cannot waste these opportunities. And I beg to differ with those that suggest that 21 and the end of that season has nothing to do with this one. It has everything to do, I think, with this one because it is a part of how they have ended it and not taken advantage of situations. This may have been a surprise, and oh, that's okay, exceeded expectations of everybody. But at the end of the season, in that situation on Saturday, your our expectations should be win that game and the the rest of the season earlier you know wins over Carolina or wins over New England that doesn't make it right that doesn't make Saturday right and it, I'm not going to come on here at three o'clock and go well you know what that's too bad they lost but what a great season they had that was a missed opportunity for players that have a very small window in the NFL in the first place well and here you go now, now shift gears Everybody that was on the Miles hate train forever cannot say that they are not enjoying the Pacers and what they're doing right now. And it's kind of nice to be able to talk about the Pacers from the standpoint of, like, if you were disappointed on Saturday, it's because you know they're capable of playing and beating every team in the NBA. And you couldn't say that last year, the year before that, the year before that. What the Pacers franchise from top to bottom has done in the past several seasons is has led to just a, you know, this is a unique opportunity, and I think those guys on the team recognize it by evidence of how they did in the tournament and how much fun they have playing as a team. And, uh, I mean, all the balance they have in the scoring, you know, you're a hooper. You love to well, play the game. I, I, feel, the I feel good about Miles because the, the ones that didn't see this coming out in Miles, they don't know basketball. And I'll be honest with you, Derek, I still get, if he gives a bad quarter, I'll still get a couple of clowns that will send me stuff. But for the most part, they're all quiet because he's exactly how you and I thought he was going to be. And um, that's and a lot of that's also due to Tyrese Halliburton. You can tell how much he loves to play with him as well. But I will say for the Pacers, I have similar sets of expectations. I don't want them to lose out on stuff either. I mean, seriously. I mean, we wait too damn long for all this to materialize, and then a couple of different times you've had the rug pulled out from under you. Whether you're talking about the whole short-lived Oladipo, Sabonis era, or whatever. So you got to take advantage of these moments, and you know what? If you don't, we're going to be critical about it, because I think that's what the fan base would expect, especially after a Saturday night that was at Lucas Oil Stadium. I think if you... Um... Look at the Pacers over the course of the next, I think the next, I don't know, maybe everything up to the All-Star break is pretty critical here because, um, you know, they had a couple slips at the beginning of the year losing to teams that when now you look back, you're like, we shouldn't have lost to those guys. And there's such this jumble of teams from four to seven but that are, you know, whoever gets hot last is going to get those 
top six slot. Or somebody, or have, or have somebody that does. Hey, Derek, thank you for the call down in Evansville too. The pride of Evansville Central class of 1984. I do have to run, but got to stay away from injuries. I've, I've got similar expectations for everybody. IU, Purdue, I mean, Butler. Somebody was talking about Butler last week, too. You know, Butler had a, a a halftime advantage against UConn. I just think, in large part, there has been, with the Colts here, there has been such a profound level of consistent losing and bad news, and then you couple that with a market that gets sick and tired of hearing about negativity. I think here we are. I would like to think that most of you would be thinking in a similar fashion as do I about just how big of a missed opportunity that was. I'm just not ready to turn the page and go, well, you know what? Now everything is going to be great. I I like Shane Steichen. I think Shane Steichen is going to be good. We've seen some Anthony Richardson. And I think you like what you see, but you don't know anything. Just as much as I don't know anything. Again, that's what compounds Saturday and the level of disappointment. Now, even if that is not a quarterback that's going to lead in the distant future or you're going to add better talent. You were right there, had the opportunity, had the opportunity to win the first division title in nine seasons, host a home playoff game at 4 o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday, and all that blown. And not just with that fourth down call. The way you started the game, the way you defended in the game, the way the quarterback played, really very few redeemable qualities out of that other than Jonathan Taylor. A guy you had on the sideline on that fourth down call. Matthew's in Maine at 239-1070. Welcome to the show, Matthew. How are you? Oh, JMV. Are we okay? Well, sure. I mean, it's it's great that the Colts season abruptly ended, and now I have no postseason football to look forward to. <laughs> I'd, I'd hate to be that guy who's living out of a hotel room during that time with you know, sports entertainment. That would suck. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, hang in, hang in. All right. That's you're gonna be a resident of Indy sooner rather than later. So that's around the corner. I know. This team is such a tease. <laughs> it was it was a, a teasing it has been teasing more times than not. I, I guess mm. I guess if you're looking for something, it wasn't the clown show, the circus that it was a year ago. So it wasn't that at least. Mm. Anyway, what else you got, Matthew? Well, I know a while back. Jake kept giving them praise for winning the games that they were supposed to win, which yeah. is something I've always disagreed with. They're, they have not won the games they were supposed to win. They should not be losing to a divisional rival for any reason. Well, I, listen, I, and I, I do. That's that's what I, especially in those circumstances, I, I'm on the same page with you. I just, I think some of us have a different level of, of expectations and others were were satisfied to the season and it's surprising results to that point that just, I guess, wasn't us. Certainly wasn't me. So I mean, I, I'm impressed with Shane Steichen as the head coach. That'd be my one. Yeah, I agree with you on that, yeah. For the season, as well as the mm-hmm. expectations. No, because it's too much of a roller coaster. Because they got my hopes up, then they let me down. Now I'm bummed for a different level of reasons than I expected. So, yes, 
Hey, Matthew, well, you keep calling, especially on Saturday nights when we get back to normal this weekend. Oh, right, Saturdays. I've... We, we got to get that app in gear, too. Apparently that app was FUBAR on Friday night, right? We got to get that in gear. No, and it didn't work well on Sunday either. The app is probably confused about being off Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew in Maine, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for the call. All right, thank you. That's from Alex. My expectations going into the game was the Colts would lose because they had the quarterback with the ability to make more plays. That is what ended up happening. My expectations were a loss, which makes it a little bit easier to stomach. Yeah, I just I can't I can't just say, well, that's okay because look what happened. And it was, hey, I just can't do it. Davey, the do better crowd was out in force this weekend cheering on competitive losses. <laughs> Not sure which is more douchey. Telling someone that you don't know to do better or calling a professional athlete soft. Yeah, I would go with the professional athlete soft because anybody that does that, if you see that anywhere, social media or otherwise, that professional athlete would stuff every last one of these clowns in a trash can. Clowns, dorks, douches, whatever. Yeah, I had enough of that with Miles. Ah, Miles is so soft. Yeah, okay. You know, this fat guy from Franklin Township can tell me how soft Miles Turner is. All right. I will listen to that. JMV, getting sick of hearing people say that the Colts did a lot better than they expected. When you get a chance, you have to capitalize. That's been my point the entire time. JMV, your thoughts on the fourth down call? I said this a little bit earlier. I didn't mind the call. The call was going to work. The call was not executed. I get it. There's no way in the world I would leave what was hanging in the balance of the season um, up to Tyler Goodson and Gardner Menchu, that combination. And no way I'd do that. I would have to think, even if you're going to throw it, which clearly they were going to throw it, there there could have been another option out there. And I know that they practice it, and that is great. Practice it all that you want. You are still putting the rest of the season and your postseason in the balance with a practice squad guy and a backup quarterback that was having a very bad night. And then I don't care in what capacity you put him out there. I don't care. If he's out there, to be a part of the play or out there to be a decoy. There's no way 28 standing on the sideline. No way. No way that you can look over there if you're the Texans defensively and say, oh, okay, well, Jonathan Taylor's not in here. Well, he was dinged up. You know what? He went in the locker room and came back out and started to play again. You'd want it. I'll give him up. He wanted it. A couple of things I said on Friday's show – was this is the reason why you extend him. That's the reason why you extend him. Because that is the effect that he had on that team. Without him, consider what that thing would have looked like. And the other was was Matt Gay. And Matt Gay had a miss. And you're going to say, well, they count on him way too much from, you know, 55-plus or whatever. That's why he's the highest paid. That's why they brought him in. I know that it's tough, and I know that's a lot to ask, but these dudes are told that upon negotiation. They're told that in meetings. This is the expectation. So why should we soften the expectation? I'm going to tell you, 
Most of you out there take it a lot more softly, a lot more easygoing than they do. And that's the way that it should be. But these guys, for the most part, have thoughts that are more in step with mine than a lot of yours. Hey, everything is going to be all right because here comes greatness. The greatness train is coming. We can see it. I've been told of the greatness train, and here it is. No stinking idea. As I don't have any idea, there's not going to be a greatness train. Take advantage of the situations that you're in. Look at the teams in the postseason that have. The Steelers, the Bills. Take advantage of the situations. Colts didn't. That one's going to leave a mark. Uh, Dustin's on line five at 239-1070. Dustin, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good, buddy. How are you? Fantastic. Go ahead. Hey, um, I've listened pretty much all day today. Yes. And I have not heard anyone, like, really discuss it. But, uh, I mean, Jonathan, he ran the ball on first down, second down, third down. Yeah. He didn't get it. He didn't get it. But uh, on that second down play, I mean, he pretty much just ran straight out of bounds. And didn't even they did. That first they game. did. I mean, you could have. He could have cut it up. He could have cut it up. Uh, now, again, I – it, it it looked like that he was trying to conserve time, whereas it looked like the Colts didn't really care that the clock was ticking. So I I don't know, but he did. Uh, he did exactly how you expressed it right there, and maybe maybe left something on the table in doing that. Yes. Yeah, I didn't think we wanted to stop the clock at that time. You know, moment. Well, it didn't seem like it didn't seem like it. It seemed like that they were cool with that thing ticking, not, you know, thinking that you get this in the end zone and get the extra point, have the lead, and you don't give, you know, Stroud and Nico Collins, because all it would take would be one play, and they'd probably get about 55 yards out of it, considering the Colts' defense. So, yeah, I would agree with you on that. Yeah, that's all I wanted to say. I wanted to say one more thing, but yep. uh, it might not really matter, but if you go to nine minutes and 30 seconds into the first quarter, they re- that fourth down play, they ran the same play with uh, Goodson, he was out yeah. at, uh, wide out, and he went into motion and went in the backfield. And Minshew missed him by 10 yards. Yeah, was- I know. I brought that up a little bit earlier, too. I mean, it was – you had the similar combination right there that wasn't close, and that would have given me as a head coach pause for, for that combination in that situation. So Yeah, no it, it just wasn't good night. But uh, – all right, man. Go Dustin, go. you call any time. Thank you. If you're on hold, I'll get back to you. I thought that today there'll be a lot of conversation from you, the fan, no matter what you think, and especially if you want to rip me because I've been going back and forth with a lot of people. By the way, too, for those that suggest that you know, this JMV is an old, crusty, and he's mad about everything, uh, for those out there that know me, and it's a lot of you. It's not like I only know a couple of you. I know a lot of you. Um, <laughs> I don't I'm not taking X or Twitter or whatever. I'm not taking that to bed. I don't have that transition into my personality. We just have one rule on X, and it is I'm nice until it's time not to be nice. I take that cue from Dalton and Roadhouse. I don't start stuff. You will see that. I do not start, but I will finish. I am a finisher and not a starter. We can have a nice conversation. Like Joe and I went back and forth a little bit about stuff he didn't believe in, and I'm tired of hearing you say this. And you know what? As an end result, 
we had a little agreement there. But others just want to say, hey, you're trying to be like this guy, and you're trying to be a shock jock, and you just do this for ratings. None of that is true. I'd have been gone well before the 19 years that I have done right now. So just understand that. This is a day of reflection of a game that was a massive disappointment. And it comes with a lot of critique, a little bit of fire, as it should. 239-1070 is that number. The AAA Membership Lounge via YouTube Live right now. Remember, AAA to help you out, especially as the inclement weather comes in here to central Indiana. The AAA Membership Lounge via YouTube Live. 93.5107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. I don't know what the hell's in there, but it's weird and pissed off, whatever it is. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. For the Colts, ten and a half minutes to go, third quarter. Colts trail fourteen to six with Minshew out of the gun. Pump fakes over the middle, delivers and making an adjustment on the ball is Kylan Granson. Falls to the turf, but made a great adjustment on the ball on the numbers near side to the fifty-yard line for a big-time gain of twenty-two yards. They're actually going to spot him to the forty-nine into plus territory, and that's the biggest gain of the ball game for the Colts tonight on offense. There's Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, right there. Colts lose. Summer season over. Houston wins the division. Jacksonville loses on the road. You talk about a gag job on the road at Nashville yesterday. C.J. Stroud, Nico Collins, and the Texans host very, and I mean incredibly beatable Cleveland. Coming up a little bit after four on Saturday afternoon. Are these uh, Peacock games on Saturday? Peacockers? A couple of Peacockers tomorrow night. I think both IU and Purdue on Peacock. Man, fan bases are going to dig on that. Younger generation is going to say, well, let's go ahead and do it. It's going to be easy. That's where we're going. Older generation is going to say, you know what? Smooch my rear end. I don't feel like doing that. That nine million different passwords. Peacock. JMV. Cap space for the Colts. What do they have? I don't normally want to get into this conversation today, but I will tell you, I think in the neighborhood of $71, $72 million, what it is, cap space-wise. Uh, just a heads up, the uh, yeah. only Peacock game, I believe, is the Chiefs and the Dolphins. Oh, in the crap hole yeah. uh, Arrowhead. God, it's going to be like one degree. Just what an absolute toilet that place is. I hate it. Absolutely hate it. And this is nothing against Jimmy Cook. I like Jimmy Cook a great deal, and he knows that. But his favorite stadium, Arrowhead, is a toilet. Hate it. And I've seen some toilets. No, but what was I saying? Cap space wise, the question was asked around $71, $72 million. If I'm going to prioritize, I, I know that a lot of people may be against this, but I, I want Michael Pittman Jr. on my team. And I know he didn't put up numbers. I don't look that on him much as I do. The quarterback play was awful. But I want Michael Pittman Jr. on my team. Uh, Julian Blackman is a free agent. I think you saw the effects of without Julian Blackman in the secondary. I don't know. Maybe he can coach it up better than the defensive coordinator. I'm not sure. 
Who else? Uh, Grover, Kenny Moore. This is all going to be like defensive effective people other than Michael Pittman Jr. right here. I would assume this. I would I would assume they bring back Kenny Moore, Grover Stewart. I kind of wonder about Julian Blackman just because of the injury history, but I thought we saw down the stretch when he was out the need. And I'm bringing back Michael Pittman Jr. I know a lot of you are going to say his numbers are not robust enough. He doesn't get uh, the big yardage, but a lot of catches. He's not a one, not a go-to guy. But to me, he is a badass that's out there, and I would want him out there on my team. That's just me. Bring back Michael Pittman Jr. It's not lost on me. You need more. But that is the beginning stages right there. You're going to ask. We have plenty of time to talk about that, too. Uh, Marcellus, line four at 239-1070. Marcellus? <laughs> Johnny, Johnny Ringo man. let us down. <laughs> man, he, he wet his pants, man. But it was, There was a pants know, wedding uh, a couple of times, yeah. Uh, uh, look, man, um, give me just a second here. I'm trying to it, – it's like this, look. I, 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 you need to pause totally, for the cause is what you're saying man, here? This, yeah. was, this was totally un, un, unacceptable, man. It just was, and – I was at the game, you know. Yeah. I was at the game. Seat 646, <laughs> way up there. I was, I was at the there. game on the uh, sixth floor up in the press box right there. And, um, hey, shout out to the crowd, too. The crowd was great. Hey, man, it was great. It was great. I took my son, man. We had a great time until the end. <laughs> he, he got up and left before I did. <laughs> did he really? <laughs> he like, oh, no. Yeah, man. He, <laughs> yeah, when that when pass was dropped, man, he said, it's over. Let's go, Dad. I'm like, man. I, you know what, and it's just it is. This is just where I am with with this yeah. franchise right now. I, yeah. I, I, I said to myself before that play, here comes the bad. I, I mean, yeah. and it's just it is something that you have to work out of. And and people ask all the time, so when do they work out of it? I, I think we'll all know when they do. I think we all know it's not right now. So well, look, well, look. There's so many things. The pass rush. There's no disruption in the pass. The there was. My, my my man had ten Mississippi to throw. Okay, ten. I mean, it was ridiculous. He had a clean pocket all night, except for maybe a couple when they finally got to him. But I'm like, what in the world is going on? I guess Grover. I thought Grover being back was going to be better, but you know, he's not taking his medicine anymore. So. I don't know. Maybe that was helping a little bit. I don't know. But he hadn't been the same since he'd been back. And and, and let me say this. This was this reminded me of Pete Carroll being too cute by half when you when you're on the goal line and you got beast mode right there. At least beast mode was on the field. Yeah. So Taylor wasn't wasn't even out there. Okay. But but you decide to pass the ball. And bam, interception on the goal line. And see, this is this is one of those things. We needed one yard, Jay. One. That's all yeah. we needed. And if Taylor was not out there, then you put Zach Moss out there. Because truth be known, wasn't it Zach that had like over a hundred yards against? No, he had a big he had a big game. I thought it was like eighty eight. I could yeah. be wrong, but he had a big game in that win like back in September. Like a hundred plus yards yeah. against Houston at the beginning of the season. He was the one that beat Houston. It wasn't JT. JT was tired too at at this point. I would have I I could live and die when my best players are out there and you're trying to execute some kind of crazy play like that. Look, run the ball. One yard. If you if you if the second paid offensive line in the in the, in it can't can't make it happen when the when the all the marbles are on the table 
and they can't push for one yard and, and Zach can't get in there, you know what? I go home and I'll sleep at night. But this was crazy to put a practice squad player in that position in the biggest moment with everything on the line, and you put a practice squad in there, player. Look, even if even if Johnny Ringo was a little off, Moss might have caught it anyway. He's, he's more experienced, okay? Not this guy. Yeah, I, and I would also say this. Even if you do, which I think we, we would agree with, that combination was not the right call, no matter how it much was. you practice it, right? And, it and certainly with the outcome. But you have to have, at the very least, 28's got to be out there to give them something be. to think about. Even if it's not it's him. It's got to yeah. be something you don't – on the sideline, they don't have to worry about the best yeah. offensive player on the other sideline because he's on the other sideline. He's, 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 he's on the side. I can't believe he was on the sideline with everything on the line, with everything on the line, man. This was crazy. I'm not blaming good Goodson for nothing. He was put in a position he shouldn't have been put in. He wasn't even – he wasn't even fit for that position yet. He was a practice squad player that just started playing in the last few weeks. You put in if, – if, if JT's not there, you put Moss in that, in that position. You do something. You put you, – you don't do that. You don't do that. And, and like I said, Michael Jordan was always on the court in the final closing moments of every game. He wouldn't. He would. He would cuss Phil Jackson out if he if if, if he if he couldn't be out there. Uh, even when My Steve Kerr knocked down shots or John Paxson knocked down yeah. shots, he was going to be but, out there. Yeah, but, yeah. But, but but the point is, who passed it to him? Mike. Mike was there, like you said, decor. You gotta have a threat. Nobody, man. nobody was looking for Pax and and, and and Kerr. Nobody. I completely agree with that. I, like I said, yeah. I don't. The, the call was going to work. It just wasn't going to work with with those two. With that personnel yeah. that he had, it was a bad personnel move on this one, man. Bad. And I'm just tired of it, man. It's like now we got. Oh, we got cap space though. The cap space, <laughs> man, is he's killing it on the cap space. What? He, but he never does anything with it, and it's like. You know, yeah. nine years, man. We're going, what, is it eight, nine years? Now? Um, I think that was just that. This past year was, what, seven? He's been seven deep now, I believe. Going to be year number eight. eight it's ridiculous. He gets another mulligan, though, because my man got hurt at the beginning of the season. He said, well, you know. Oh. Well, he's going to be around. He got that extension, so he's going to be around for at least three. So that's the first of the at least three. So he's got two more. Uh, yeah. Man, well, look. It's pace of time now. <laughs> <laughs> See that no Jason Tatum later on tonight for the Celtics. So pace for well, Celtics I'll tonight. The, I'll be at that game tonight too. So there we go. Good to there hear from go. you. Thanks, Marcellus. Glad you had a good time. Yeah, that's about, we're right there together on that. As I mentioned, I didn't mind the call. It's going to work. It just wasn't going to work with that personnel. And there's just no way in the world I don't have Jonathan Taylor in some capacity out there for – the other defense to be thinking about. Just don't. Just don't. Even if you're going to do what you did. I mean, you guys not agree? It's it's funny, too. Shane Steichen is a guy that is has been known for what so far? He's been known for gamesmanship. There's a lot of gamesmanship that goes into his creativity and in, in coaching and, you know, offensive philosophies on the sideline. And that was one time where you thought, man, there's the ultimate moment for gamesmanship right there, even if you're not going to use him. 
Now, even if you didn't feel compelled to want to run the football because the look that you have was going to be taken away and you like this one, I mean, don't you have to have them thinking about what might be with him out there? For those of you that, that love the call, don't you have to have him out there? This is my thought, been my thought all along. Anthony is up next at 239-1070. Hello, Anthony. How are you? Hey, JMV. Nice to hear from you. I, I just you. wanted to say, first of all, I I have never considered you a negative guy. And uh, it's part of the reason why I've always listened to you the past. Well, yeah, I am not uh, a negative guy. I'm not at all. 2018 is yeah. when I started, yeah. And, I am. Uh, I, I am. I am, your... I am not. But here's here's where I think Anthony. I'll let you finish too. I, there's been in the past nine seasons, for example, as we were talking about. There's been so much more negativity than anything. I just think that a lot of people, a lot of people around here, are worn out on it, and thus, whenever you're negative about their favorite team, they get mad and think you're always negative. And I think the other thing is. You have a lot of podcasters and bloggers, and I don't mind any of that. I want everybody to have their own footprint and have fun with it. But for the most part, they know how to keep people and getting likes and getting clicks is that you're overly positive about things. So then when I'm no, I, incredibly I, I negative, that kind, plays, that. That, that kind of plays that role. Uh, and, and again, the other thing of it is, too, this is a market, this is a market that – it feeds off of positivity. You know, I get better numbers if things are going well here. I, my numbers aren't better because, you know, people are saying, we're stirring the pot, you're going to get numbers with negativity. That makes the numbers here worse. So I would rather them win yeah. and then get those numbers, be be the benefit of those numbers because that's what people want. And that's that's how you get the most people around here is when you can talk good about their, their uh, team, their favorite team, and uh, when that team is doing well always works that way well i'm gonna throw something out at you i mean you know i know you know this film i I feel like we're stuck in bill murray's groundhog day um and for those that don't know it's a great classic movie you know uh, i I feel like under chris ballard we're just every season we're reliving groundhog day again the same mistakes repeated again um you know i mean michael Pittman's a fine player Josh Downs is a fine player, but that was really a Reggie Wayne draft pick, not a Chris Bauer draft pick. Um, the the tight end group is a disaster, and I I've been a Colts fan since their their one in fifteen season, what in nineteen ninety ninety one. Yeah. Um, I, this that that was the worst secondary I've seen since at least two thousand and one. Um, I, I would agree with that too. I'd agree. And I, you know, this is nothing against the individual people that are there. I mean, please let us remember these players are people. But I feel like Chris Bauer is just like, well, you know, I've got, I've got like five fifth round picks. You know, like that's what gets him excited, and he throws a lot of Jags out there. You know, people don't know Jags, just the guys. You know, yeah. And uh, that's what his secondary was made out of. You know, uh, outside of Juju Brents, who got burnt like a piece of toast yesterday. Um, I think Nico Collins had 10 catches on 10 targets for 180 plus yards and two touchdowns. I mean, what a yeah. Well, it was it was nine catches on nine targets. You were right there. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's okay. But no, it it didn't make it any less impressive or any less ridiculous for the Colts defense. Yeah. Um. You know, and a lot was made about you know uh, the fact that this Colts team 
had set the record for the number of sacks. And you know, they've got some good guys in that front four. But I was telling people, I, I don't have the stats pulled up right here in front of me. I, 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 that front four can't hold a candle to the 2004-2009 Colts teams with yeah. bringing in Mathis and all those guys. Yeah, I mean – not, not even close. Well, and I tell you, you know? what, I, Anthony, i got to hit a break here. You call back any time, man. It's always good to hear from you. I, I mentioned this, that there needed to be a couple of absolutes, and one of those would be that defensive line, and that's what Anthony was talking about, the defensive line and the sack record numbers. And they – they made some waves in the third quarter, and that was about it. That just was not good enough. The offensive line play was not good enough, and those were staples that you absolutely had to have show up. And they may have here or there, but it wasn't anything close to consistently, and that was one of the reasons they lost that game. Those are as close to, besides Jonathan Taylor and how he performed, as – you know, the the you can expect to perform on both sides of the football, and it was spotty at best with both. Back to that coming up in a minute. Anthony, thank you for the call. If you guys are on board, you can do that too. The AAA Membership Lounge via YouTube Live. Remember, with the inclement weather coming in, it's AAA always at your service. The AAA Membership Lounge via YouTube Live. 93.5107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. He's my best friend. He's my pal. He's my homeboy. My rotten soldier. He's my sweet cheese. My good time boy. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. I know it's a bummer today, but we got to go through it. We've been through it enough, and it probably feels a bit commonplace. AAA Membership Lounge via YouTube Live. Thank you all. You guys have been fantastic. If you're looking for an outlet to the show, try that on YouTube Live right there. You can watch. You can listen. You can participate. It is outstanding. That's the AAA Membership Lounge via YouTube Live. And again, remember, AAA Membership important, especially with the inclement weather coming into central Indiana. The AAA Membership Lounge via YouTube Live. You got the national title tilt tonight in football, Michigan, Washington. You got the Celtics and the Pacers. No Jason Tatum. You've got IU and Purdue both in action coming up tomorrow in which we will talk about about and a weekend in which both IU and Purdue won at home. Illinois, Purdue, Friday, Purdue the winner. Saturday night, IU getting what was a much needed home win over Ohio State at Assembly Hall down in Bloomington. But a lot of the focus has been uh, obviously on that of the Colts. And more time for you coming up on the other side. If you guys got a minute to hang out, we'll get you back on. Stephen Holder of ESPN is going to join us. Of course, it was uh, cleaning out the locker day. And uh, the Colts meeting with the media, especially that of Shane Steichen, will get the thoughts of Stephen Holder on a variety of things, including what was a mammothly disappointing loss on Saturday evening. And a win-and-you're-in scenario. And looking at the Texans right now, it's just got to hurt you, Colts fans. It does. 4-15 coming up on Saturday afternoon against the Browns. That is a playoff home date in Houston for the Texans. Big-time bummer right there. Me, you, Stephen Holder, and more coming up next. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Now you listen here. He's not the Messiah. He's a very naughty boy. Now go away. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Second down and long now for the Colts. On the road, 24. We owe you a station ID coming up here in just a second. Gardner Minshew out of the gun. Taylor's back in as they're back to the right side. Minshew. Feeling pressure. Floats it out left side. Caught by Josh Downs. Yards after the catch. 40. 45. Scrambling inside plus territory. Downs to the 48-yard line of Houston. It's uh, Matt Taylor, the voice of the Colts right there. We were starting to feel good at that moment. And unfortunately, that moment quickly, good feeling-wise, disappeared. A lot of reaction, of course, to the loss that was incredibly disappointing on Saturday evening that keeps the Colts out of the postseason and Houston now division champs and will host a home playoff game. Yeah, if it sounds like it makes me sick, it makes me sick. It does. And I'm sure a lot of Colts fans feel in a similar fashion. All right, a lot more to go over. I know I haven't gone too much into uh, the whole Black Monday portion of coaches being let go, but this is more a focus of the Colts, their loss, where they are, and uh, your thoughts on that. By the way, too, 30 minutes early, we're out because we have a Colts roundtable and then Pacer pregame coming up after that. So around 5.30, we're going to bail. Meantime, back your calls in a second, but on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline from ESPN, Stephen Holder joins us us so i think i feel the same way at least i i sound like that i guess on the air and then via social media in the past couple of days as zaire franklin felt too when you ask him about the promise of the season versus the disappointment of losing saturday night his quote was it feels like a band-aid on a bullet wound given what they did not accomplish and what they did swing and miss on and the magnitude of what took place even yesterday after that and where houston is right now it is mammothly disappointing and i think zaire franklin stated as such He did. He definitely gave a vivid explanation and answer. So I appreciate that. I think it's one of those things that over time it will fade. And so what I mean is I think over time, you know, a couple of months from now, I think people will feel differently about this. And and by that, I mean the, the promise of the future and, and what they accomplished this year, I think will, will take precedent in people's minds eventually. But right now, it's too soon. And I, I think that's the best way of putting it. You know, when we get to, you know, the combine and free agency and the draft, the conversation then will be, okay, hey, these guys might have a squad next year. Let's see what they can do. But but until you until you turn the page, you're, you're kind of stuck on the missed opportunity. So I, I, look, I, I think that's a good thing, though. That it is a good thing, and this is how they have raised the bar on this team, and and what the expectations are, and that means that you're doing something right. So, glass half full, glass half empty. I don't know. It depends on the person. Depends on the time. So, Stephen Holder of ESPN, who who joins us too. I also think about this in terms of these players. It is such a small window of time, and when you consider. Mm-hmm. 
two out of the last three years, similar circumstances at the end of the season, uh, you think it stings for the Colts fan. How about these players that have that small window of time and you miss out when you have it all in front of you like that? That hurts. Yeah, I, I thought about that. You know, you, you think about guys like, um, you know, take Ryan Kelly, for example, you know, who's, I think, part of the 2016 draft class, I believe. You know, oldest guy on the team. I think that's right. And so <laughs> he's been here a long time and, you know, doesn't have a whole lot to show for it. Never won a division title. Yeah, I mean, time is not on your side. You know, in a league where the average career lasts, what, three seasons? If you're lucky, time is never on your side. We can, both things can be true. We can say the future is bright. Uh, we can say that this team certainly overachieved, you know, significantly overachieved. Uh, we can say all those things and also say, damn, that was a hell of a missed opportunity. Uh, because you're right. You, you don't have a lot of time. Time is never on your side. And, um, you know, you talk about two of the last three years kind of getting knocked out in similar fashion. You know, we're going to see a team this year because I think the odds are high because it happens all the time. We're going to see a team this year among these playoff teams. We're going to see someone make a run. You know, I don't know if it's Tampa beating Philly and suddenly finding themselves in the second round. I don't know. I'm just saying the odds are high that someone is going to upset someone and they're going to get in the second or third round of the playoffs. And we're going to be like, how did that happen? Well, it happened because they got in. And because once you get in, anything can happen. So that's the disappointing part. Yeah, and then things they didn't do. Like I mentioned this, the staples that had to happen would be consistent play, offensive line, defensive line. You got neither. Jonathan Taylor was fantastic. That was another one that came through. Um, you know, Matt Gay um, obviously missed one, which was a, a big miss. And then defensively, and I want to go ahead and go here, where you know that you got a guy in Nico Collins, which is kind of the lone wolf out there that you got to watch out for. I'd hate to think if they weren't really keeping close tabs on him, what he might have done with his nine targets or more so than that. But I could not have been more upset with the way the defense played him. Now, was that a result of personnel, especially in that secondary, or a direct result of the scheme and the coaching up of Gus Bradley? So, I have to think, I haven't talked to Gus Bradley, but my conclusion, my speculation is that certainly on the the 75-yard touchdown, that has to be a bust. There's only one, I believe there's one wide receiver, a tight end, and a running back. So that's three possible targets. Two of them were underneath. So it strikes me, or it, it stands to reason, that there is no way, no way that the coaching point would be for both safeties uh, to, be, to be going toward the line of scrimmage. When you have one guy going deep and you have two underneath receivers and a whole bunch of defenders in there. One of those safeties, I can only presume, unless this is the worst defensive plan on planet Earth in the history of the NFL, okay? And I don't think it was. I think a lot of Colts fans would argue maybe it was right now. But, yeah, go ahead. Listen, unless, unless it's the worst defensive game plan in NFL history, one of those safeties is responsible to help over the top. Because you knew, you knew 
going in. He was the guy. He was the only guy that could really hurt you because they've had injuries. They had their second and third receivers were basically out. So, I mean, it, it would be like the, the Colts being down to Michael Pittman and, you know, I don't know, uh, Montgomery or whoever, right? I mean, you're going to be worried about Pittman. So the other thing is on the other touchdown, the second touchdown, uh, that was also a bust. And unquestionably, that was a bust. It was an uncovered guy. So I, I got to tell you, look, I'm not here to defend Gus Bradley. I'm, I'm kind of agnostic about Gus Bradley. I don't have a strong opinion either way. And, and I'm here to tell you, talking to Shane Steichen today, I expect him to be back. I did too. Okay. I thought the same thing. Agreed. I don't think you yeah. can draw any other conclusion from what he said. Um, he was asked twice. I doubled back and I said, hey, you, you said you like continuity. I said, you didn't hire Gus Bradley. No offense, but you didn't hire him. Are you guys aligned philosophically? Where do you go from here? And he said, I know Gus. I worked with him in San Diego. Um, and he says, and again, I'll tell you again, I believe in continuity. That is a guy in Shane Steichen who never answers a definitive question. He never gets a definitive answer like ever, 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 ever. Okay. And he said, point blank, I believe in continuity. That is about as definitive as he's ever going to be. So, anyway, I'll put a bow on it by saying this. The, the glass half full on Gus Bradley, not that that's what we're here for, but uh, I'm just giving you my perception. The glass half full is Ballard owes him some, some DBs. Ballard's got to help him. Because, listen, this guy, this guy generated the greatest – sack total in Indianapolis era history of this franchise. 51 sacks. He did that with basically the same personnel, except you swapped, I would say you swapped Ebucom for Ngakwe. Okay. So whatever the, the production was very similar, right? So Gus Bradley has to get credit for that. If, if we're going to blame him, for the absolute disaster in the secondary. I think you can correct the disaster in the secondary or at least address it with personnel. So we'll see. Hey, was the uh, continuity that, that Shane Steichen was talking about, was that forgotten on that fourth down call there at the end? That continuity of having 28 <laughs> at least somewhere out there doing something, being being a threat, having a defense, say, oh, wait a minute, he's really good. we, we got to make a note of that instead on the sideline and knowing that he wasn't and he had no effect, was going to have no effect on that play. That continuity get lost there? Uh, I don't know. Interesting decision, John, I would say. I, yeah. I, I will say this. I, I think a lot, of, a lot of the conversation around – that play has been very interesting because, I mean, people, no matter, no matter where you are on it, if you think it was a great call or a terrible call, people are kind of dug in. I, I look at it like this. I mean, I would maybe not have done that because my issue, my issue wasn't the play call. The play call, he dialed it up and it worked. I mean, it was, it was right. My issue uh, continues to be you asked Tyler Goodson to be the guy to play that role in the absolute most important call Shane Steichen has ever made as Colts head coach. That to me seems questionable. Now, ultimately I put it a little more on Gardner Minshew, but it was still a catchable ball, a tough catch, but a catchable ball. And then in that situation, we got to raise the bar. You got to do, you got to move heaven and earth to make a play in that situation. So I can't let the kid off the hook completely. 
And so what I'm saying is it wasn't a choice of give the ball to Jonathan Taylor and slam it up in there to get the yard or run that play. There are other things you can do, okay? So if you want to use Jonathan Taylor as a decoy in that situation, I think that could have been wildly effective. Now, of course, you're still asking Gardner Minshew to make a throw in that situation, but I'd like to throw it to someone I trust, someone I know I can trust. I mean, Tyler Goodson might be someone who, who will earn their trust one day. But as of now, after throwing six passes to him all season, he played 45 snaps. You don't know that he's trustworthy. I reject that. I reject that. And I don't think that I'm being unfair to him or Shane Steichen by saying that. And I'm so, I don't know, I'm exhausted by the people on the other side of this argument saying, ah, you're just saying that based on the result. No, (laughs) I'm saying that based on the decision to have that as the, as the play in your back pocket for that situation, that cause that was clearly their, their Trump card play. 95, 95% of the fans that are giving you crap right now for that or me crap or anybody. If you were going to say, this is going to be that fourth down call. Here's your personnel go would all be against it. And I also would further this, if that would have been Frank Reich making that call and then Jonathan Taylor on the sideline, it would be foobar around here on a head coach. Pitchforks, buddy. Pitchforks. And I get it, right? I mean, Shane is still in the honeymoon phase and, and he benefits from that. And, and that's fine. Look, I, I can also balance this by saying the man crushed it this year. Okay. He did. Both things can be true. It's okay. I, I think if there's one criticism of Shane Steichen, it's that I think there are times when you can argue, you can argue that he kind of overthinks things. That is where, I have an issue with him if I have any issue. And it's a small thing. It's not a big thing. It's a small thing. But I think here, it's, it's part of that discussion. Okay? I'm not saying I'm right, he's wrong. I'm saying this is a fair debate. That's all I'm saying. And I, I don't see anything wrong with saying that. Yeah. And, yeah, again, even if you don't use Jonathan Taylor, I just, I, you, you take notice defensively wherever he yeah. is out there because well, of the look, impact line, he's line had line them up in the backfield. This is just for example, right? Yeah. You could line them up in yep. the backfield. Eight or nine men are coming flying toward the line of scrimmage. Once you snap that ball, you play action that thing to Jonathan Taylor and you can do whatever you want at that point. I guarantee you. you know? So I don't know. Just food for thought. No, I, I do. I completely agree with that. About the same thing, same time. And it all comes with a disappointment. Stephen Holder, by the way, from ESPN, joins us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. You also, when you call that play with that personnel, you know going in the Gardner Minshew is having a bad evening and you're throwing mm-hmm. it to the practice squad guy, as you mentioned a little bit earlier. Was that the same play that they ran earlier in the game? Was it the same play or you remember between those two that didn't work out too? Uh, no, I mean, I, I thought it was a different, maybe a, a different, different variation of it. At least same combination, I guess. So yeah, the, they they definitely he did. Gardner did um, target Goodson earlier in the game. He yeah. overthrew him then. Uh, so the, he overthrew him, then he underthrew him. So we got it all covered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, did you was Houston offsides on that play? Oh man, I I mean. 
I, I, I think, I think it looks like it. You know, I will say, I, I wonder sometimes if when it's close, like when it's really close, cause it was close. I wonder if the, if sometimes officials just swallow the whistle because I mean, look, that was the play, the play. Look, just like we know it, and we're on the edge of our seat, they don't show it. But, I mean, they understand the magnitude, the officials. They understand what's at stake. I mean, they know. So I, I almost understand, to some degree, not wanting to blow the whistle there. Um, if I'm the Colts, I don't care about that. But <laughs> but I, I also understand the human element of it. You know what I mean? Not wanting to decide the game um, you know, for a, for a traffic ticket. I, I get it, I guess. Yeah, I just I, – it looked like that was the case. But, I, again, yeah. I haven't even brought it up because I, I don't even look at that as essential considering what else right. went down in that game that, that kept you from, from winning it, which is incredible. Then you saw – you knew yesterday Jacksonville was going to cash that thing in uh, in Nashville and lose. And, and then uh, Houston gets the home date, winner of the AFC South, and uh, your parting gift is, is to watch it on the couch if you're the Colts coming up Saturday. <laughs> Right. Congratulations. Yeah. I will say, not on the subject, obviously, but um, I am very curious to see what Doug Peterson does down there because that is a train wreck in Jacksonville. Is there Frank Wright going to end up there as offensive coordinator? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, they, look, they are super close friends, okay? Like, I have, I have uh, you know, been with them at events together, and – seen them together he and doug peterson they are very very close their wives are very close i'm i no one has said that to me i have no idea if if that has been discussed frank might retire for all i know and in fact that wouldn't surprise me right but um but if doug called him he would take the call and and there would be a discussion because because those guys have a special relationship i had not thought about that but but anyhow uh, look jacksonville is is a fascinating situation right now and maybe we gave him too much credit last year i don't know We'll see. I'm curious. Matt asked this. Um, was that that throw, um, bad throw by Minshew, was that one of those layups that Chris talks about all the time? I mean, I thought the same thing. In fact, we talked yeah. about that in the press box after, after the interviews. Uh, I can't remember who it was among my colleagues, but someone said, yeah, you got to make the layups. And instantly we all knew the joke. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that was a layup. I mean, I'm not going to pretend like he didn't have a defender throwing his arm up. I can't remember who it was. Maybe Will Anderson coming off the edge. I think, I assume I'd have to look at it, but I assume it was Bernard Raymond blocking him. And, and he's kind of in his throwing lane. Okay. He's trying to get into Minshew's throwing lane. And we do see that happen, right? Where an edge defender or any defender is being blocked and is reading the quarterback's eyes and throws his hands up. So, I sympathize a little bit with Minshew because the one thing you cannot have happen, absolutely cannot have happen, is to have that ball batted down at the line of scrimmage because then there's no chance to make the play. So that was probably in the back of his mind, um, giving him like the slightest, the slightest benefit of the doubt. But at the same time, that, that happens pretty routinely, that you have to navigate those circumstances. You got to make that throw. Um, Stephen Holder joins us. Jonathan Taylor run out of bounds. Uh, I think two plays prior to that was was he on a I don't know different 
level of thinking? Was he stopping a clock when clearly it looked like the Colts wanted that thing to run when they got down that close and that close to, to maintaining and moving the change on another first down? Is that why he ran out of bounds, or what happened there? Do you know? That is that is a good question. I, I did not ask him. There was so much happening that that got lost sure, in the shuffle. Sure. But um, it is a it is a question I wish I would have asked, and I just uh, you know it, in the heat of the moment, there, it, it looked <laughs> like he ran out of bounds um, because he was trying to stop the clock. Yeah, I, I actually think it's plausible that he he was trying to stop the clock. I mean, it's not like him. The other the other possibility that has been raised is you know was he unable to cut and get up the field? Yeah, that is also possible. I, I would say this though, I, I don't want to pretend like he had another 10 yards there. I, I don't think there were. Um, there were defenders there. And and I don't want to you know, make this supposition that, that he left a whole bunch of yards on the table there because I don't know that I agree. But I but certainly, you know, Jonathan Taylor is not one to shy away from contact. So I don't know. He I, I think there was at least some intent in him going out of bounds, whether to stop the clock or whether because he was hurting, I guess we'll never know. Yeah, I know we both agree that we believe Gus Bradley is going to be back. And because yeah. you know the difference in defensive coordinating philosophies is like the, the Grand Canyon and Gap here. But the Colts did bring Wink Martindale in twice, right? Yeah. I believe yeah. with um, an interview. Would there be? Might this spark some interest that maybe we wouldn't think normally would be there after what Shane Steichen said today, considering later on in the afternoon, Wink Martindale uh, reportedly is going to be let go? Well, it, it would it would come down to I first of all, I have no idea. Yeah. Okay, let me be clear. However, just if, just hypothetically, I think the first question we have to ask is where is Shane Steichen philosophically? When you talk about defense now, he's never really answered that question. And so that's why it's hard to know. And I mean, he is familiar with Gus. He has worked with Gus. Um, I, I would also say this. I understand that Chris Ballard was very much in favor of retaining the defensive staff and Gus Bradley when the new coach was hired at the same time, they liked Shane Steichen a lot. And if Shane Steichen would have said over my dead body, I don't want that guy then Gus Bradley would not be the defensive coordinator, I believe. So I think it's almost a tacit endorsement that he was, that he was the defensive coordinator this year. I, I think it's a, a little bit of a, an endorsement to an extent from Shane Steichen because he didn't dig in and say, no, I, I can't have this guy. Because I think if you want the coach, if you want to hire that coach, then you'd probably be willing to make that sacrifice and say, well, let him get his own guy. That's what I would do. Hey, quick minute and a half I have left here. $71, $72 million in cap space. And this is for conversations further down the road. But just off the top of my head, spitballing here, Kenny Moore, Grover Stewart, Julian Blackman, Michael Pittman Jr., how many of those guys are brought back with the salary cap space they have? I am dying to see how this goes. I – I think Pittman has to be the priority. Uh, I, I think you saw how much they missed Blackman. That that Nico Collins play maybe doesn't happen without him or with him on the field. You know, I, I, I wonder. So that's another one I prioritize. Grover Stewart is a really interesting one, but 
I think you can get them at a reasonable number. We will see. I, I hope they can work something out. Kenny is an interesting one, but but I think Kenny realizes that he probably has more value here than most places, and, and that may work in the Colts' favor. So I'm not answering the question, but I just think they all have a really strong chance of being back. Uh, but Pittman, Pittman's going to be a rich man. He, he's going to be okay. <laughs> Outstanding as always. I appreciate that. Good to see you up in the press box on Saturday night. Yes, sir. But uh, we'll yes, do sir. it again, right. I'm exactly. sure. And we'll dive into the, uh, the off-season conversation next time you're on here. Yeah, plenty of time. Plenty of time. Thanks, David. Okay. Stephen Holder of ESPN. Hey, go ahead and give those away right now. The uh, Golf Expo out at the State Fairgrounds, number 9 at 239-1070, because we love you. We know you love golf. Number 9 at 239-1070. Thanks to Stephen Holder of ESPN at ESPN.com. The AAA Membership Lounge. Be careful out there if the weather gets inclement later on tonight. And always remember AAA. The AAA Membership Lounge via YouTube Live. Also, your calls, and thank you for listening on a bummer of a day. Colts Roundtable next. Celtics and Pacers. Nimhart, Jackson, Brown all playing tonight. It's after that. 93.5107. Find the fan. Enjoy.